Welcome to 30 Minutes from 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Shager. This week, we are proud to feature a session from the 2019 Festival of Books curated by Pima County Public Library's Nuestras Raices program. In this discussion entitled, What Do You Mean? It's My Book, local artist Mel Melo Dominguez interviews author David Bowles and illustrator Zeke Pena. The artists share some of their personal journeys and influences and how they work together on the book, They Call Me Wero. Moderator Mel Melo Dominguez is an artist and muralist from Los Angeles who has lived in Tucson since 2007. Mel enjoys using creativity and activism to create a difference throughout the Tucson community. Here is Mel Melo Dominguez introducing David Bowles and Zeke Pena. Raised in an ethnically diverse family with Mexican-American roots, he was hooked on folk tales at an early age by his grandmother, Maria Garza, the family storyteller. Yeah, the matriarch. Research into border legends has featured on monsters, mysteries in America. He is currently developing a TV series based on the border lore with Mucho Mas Media and Compañero Entertainment. In addition to folklore, Bulls has translated poetry from Nahuatl, Yucatec, Mayan, Spanish, and Japanese. It's amazing. His original poetry has been featured in Concho River Review, Journal of Children's Literature, Border Senses, and please help me with this, it's Huasiche? Huasache. Huasache, among other venues. Bulls also writes speculative fiction. He has stories published in Strange Horizons and Apex Magazine, and is currently writing a fantasy series called Garza Twins that features Latino protagonists and Mesoamerican mythology. He worked with Adam uh, Gidwitz on the Unicorn Rescue Society, which I think is super cool. Yeah. Next Sur- book is Chupacabras of the Rio Grande coming out next month. Yeah. Oh my lord, you heard, you heard to hear first. Um, he and illustrator Raul the Third Gonzalez sold the, their steampunk graphic novel Clockwork Curandera yeah. to two books from 2012 to 2017. Bowles was the book reviewer for the regional newspaper The Monitor. In February 2017, David Bowles was elected to the Texas Institute of Letters. Wow. Oh my God. Well, you like you, you like put a bunch of my stuff there. I should Sounds did, embarrassing. Right? I did some stuff. It's a, so there's lots and lots. Should I, should I, I'm going to go on to Zeke? Yes, oh, no. please. Just uh, t- yes. Stop talking about David. So we, today we have the illustrator of They Call Me Weron. Zeke Peña is a cartoonist and illustrator and a painter. He was born in southern New Mexico and grew up on the border in El Paso, Texas. He received a degree in art history from the University of Texas at Austin and is self-taught in his studio practice. His illustrations have appeared on album and book covers in an editorial and comics and has a graphics from community organizing. His work has been exhibited at the National Museum of Mexican Art Chicago. I love that place. Albuquerque, Hispanic Cultural Center, Houston Center of Photography, and Macla in San Jose. Um, the Losada Center, is that how you pronounce that? Losada Center in New York, El Paso Museum of Art, and Museo de Arte de Ciudad Juarez, as well as galleries in U.S., Mexico. Well, he's done a lot of work, but we, we're so excited to talk about this current book, They Call Me Huero. So for those of you who haven't seen the image, it's very, it pulls you in. Yeah. So gentlemen, please tell us a little bit about how this began. 
I'll give a little background on the book and then kind of slide into how like Zeke came on board and then Zeke can kind of jump in at that point and, and we'll do like a Rashomon kind of thing where we're like looking at it from a couple different perspectives. <laughs> right after the presidential election in 2016, NCTE was happening in Atlanta, Georgia, the National Council of Teachers of English. And a couple of like poets and scholars of poetry, Sylvia Bardell and Janet Wong, were doing a presentation. Afterwards, a bunch of teachers came up to them and said, because they put out anthologies of poetry for kids, and they said, you know what we need right now? We've got kids in our classrooms throughout the United States, whether they're Latinx kids or Muslim kids or black kids who feel so stressed out right now, little kids who are crying because they don't know whether their parents are going to be deported or whether their their grandmother who's in Pakistan right now is going to be able to come to the United States. So like all of this tension and we need to help them grapple with their feelings and we think one of the best ways to do that is through poetry. We need an anthology of poetry that is going to help these kids um, deal with their problems. And they thought it was a great idea, and they decided to try to put out an anthology by around inauguration time. And they reached out to several poets, including me. They asked me, look, in 2015, you published a poem called Border Folk um, in um, Wisache. I think it was Wisache, or I can't remember what journal it was in. And they said, we really love that poem, and we want to know, can you do a version of that that will be palatable for kids, you know, um, that will be dense and about, you know, about the border region, and, and yet, like, resonate for kids. And I said, sure, I would love to do that. So I wrote this poem, uh, Border Kid, which is the first poem in the book. Um, and it was included in the, the anthology. It was really well received. It got reprinted in the Journal of Children's Literature. And then uh, when I was inducted in Texas Institute of Letters, that was one of the poems. Because when you're inducted into the Texas Institute of Letters, um, it means, like, other people that are in it decided you should be in it. And you have to get up and read for 10 minutes in front of them. So there's, like, you know, potentially, not always, but potentially Sandra Cisneros and Larry McMurtry and Carmen Tafoya and all these, like, you know, fregones yeah. in the audience. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no pressure, and I have 10 <laughs> minutes to read. It's no big deal. Um, Luis Urrea or, like, Benjamin Ali Designs. It's no big deal. Um, yeah. And, and so I chose poems because, like, what are you going to read in 10 minutes? And the last poem I read was that poem. So when I was coming down off the stage, Bobby Bird of Cinco Puntos Press, who was just about to put out my book, Feathered Serpent, Dark Heart of Sky, which is a retelling of Aztec and Mayan myths, came up to me, hugged me, and said, dude, if you can write 50 more poems in this kid's voice, I want to publish that book. Like, I will, I will guarantee you right now a contract. I want to publish that book. Uh, I had no plans of writing a book of poetry for um, middle grade kids, but it seemed like a really great idea. I, lo I loved the kid's voice, and so I started doing it, and um, as things developed, I realized that he was kind of an amalgam of me growing up as, like, as a Mexican-American kid with an Anglo mom on, on the border in the 70s and 80s, but then also my son, who was you know, you know, growing up Mexican-American in, in the present day as a Gen Z kid, you know, into gaming and all this kind of stuff. Oh, wait a minute, David. You said Gen Z? Gen Z. Well, my kid's like, he's just turned 18, so he's Gen okay. Z. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm just learning this myself today. Oh, yeah. my. Oh, yeah, Gen Z. Generation Z, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, the, the generation after millennials, right? Gen right. Z, yeah. Well, I always tell them we're from the 1900s, right? So <laughs> yeah. It's kind of creepy. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so weird. Like, these are kids who have grown up entirely after 9-11, you know? It's, it's, it's a different world. And I was a, a middle school teacher for, like, uh, 14 years as well. So I draw, drew from all the experiences and created this. One of, the thing, one of the things I wanted to do was to create, like, a character study. Less plot-driven and more about, like, creating a really rounded kid who is Mexican-American, 
pero no el estereotipo, ¿no? He's like something like uh, like richer, like all of our, all of us are, all Latinx people are a lot richer than the stereotypes that people would love to, to brand us with. And so, he, you know, he's Gen Z, loves video games, but he's also into reading. He's kind of a nerd. Um, he's a soft boy. And, that you know, he gets really upset sometimes, but he never fights because he doesn't like fighting. Um, he is kind of, he's got a big crush on a girl who is a fregona, a tough girl, Joanna La Fregona. Um, um, and that's why I relate to the book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, I know, it, a I, I, I know a couple of fregonas. Yes. I may personally be one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and I, I wanted to create a kid that was just, who like is a rupture with the stereotype of a Mexican-American kid as a way into lots of different other like identities on the border. You are listening to author David Bowles and illustrator Zeke Pena with moderator Mel Melo Dominguez in a session entitled, What Do You Mean? It's My Book, from the 2019 Festival of Books curated by Pima County Public Library's Nuestras Raices program on 30 Minutes from 91.3. KXCI Tucson. Uh, you know, I worked with with Bobby Bird, and it, it, at first it wasn't going to be a novel in verse, and then it like turned into one, and like the it's it was it's basically kind of a a loose collection of vignettes that describe chronologically his his seventh grade year. So is the, is this the Bobby that inspired the Los Tres ba- Los <laughs> Yeah, Bobbies? so yeah, exactly. So I had friends, but they didn't all have the same name, and, and I kind of like like based my characters on those friends. Kind of a little bit on some of the characteristics of my son's friends, but because because of Bobby Bird, I was like, it would really be cool if if they were all had like name like variations on Robert, Robert, Roberto, something like that, <laughs> and that, so that everybody would call him Los Bobbies, and so that's Los Bobbies is his three friends, one of whom is half Dominican, uh, one of whom is a Korean American, the other one's Chicano, half white, half Chicano, more like me. Um, so it was a lot of fun putting it together, and so as we were putting it together, we started talking about covers, yes. and. And we started talking about cover illustrators, and I was like, we have got to get a Mexican-American. We need a Chicano, and preferably somebody from the border, because it's, it's about the border. I mean, you know, like, you can't get away. Like, so much of it is about, like, what it means to be in the border community. So somebody from the Southwest, somebody from Texas, the Southwest. And so we started, like, thinking of names. We're like, Raul Gonzalez. But Raul Gonzalez is so busy right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and one it's ridiculous. And one of the things that he's that I that he's working on is my 200-page graphic novel script. Like when we were at the Texas Book Festival, he comes up to me. We had had a couple of drinks, and he's like, "Why did you make it 200 pages?" <laughs> I go if if it's successful and we do a follow up to it, dude. We'll we'll work together. We'll make it fewer pages. He's like, you're killing me, you're killing me, David. Killing me. Well, we, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, these guys. This is the first time they actually meet in person. Oh, Zeke and I. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Zeke has done a lot of covers for Cinco Puntos. So when we realized that, and it's not that Zeke was like our second choice. We're like batting around a lot of names, but I I, I floated Raúl's name. I don't mind being second to Raul. <laughs> Raul's pretty awesome. He's a good guy, yeah. Um, and when it became clear that it would be that he could probably do it, but it was like just not. It was not the best time for him because he just had been picked up by Kwame Alexander's um, imprint, and he was working on that. And there's only a lot of stuff going on. Great. The book is going to be great. Vamos, let's go. It's a fantastic children's uh, picture book. So when you want to do a cover, sometimes you do mock-ups. You find um, what's the word I want to use. Um, references, right? Yep. Like, here, here's a reference. And so we started combing through Zeke stuff, <laughs> looking for references, and we found this perfect, this perfect image of, of, of a boy running through the desert with a mask on. It was, like, it was like so startling and like, oh my God, like that, that would be so great. Now, 
Cinco Puntos, you know, we, we did a mock-up or whatever. Um, and then it, then it came time to come to Zeke and say, hey, we really like this image. Can you do something like this for our book? What was that like? What, what, what happened when they reached out to you? Because there was a bit of like a miscommunication for a while, wasn't there? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. We don't got to talk about that. No, no, no. <laughs> Hello, my name is Zeke Pena. Uh, thank you all for being here. Sorry, I just want to introduce myself. Thank you for being here and like spending time with us and listening to us. Um, yeah, so when they reached out to me, they, had, they were referencing an image that I had already made. It was an illustration from a single-page comic strip. And it's a single-page comic strip that um, is actually uh, uh, based on a story from childhood. And so uh, that illustration, uh, they contacted me to see if, because it was a last-minute thing that you were doing. Oh, yeah. It was the Texas Letters, right? Yeah, yeah. They wanted to have something for the Texas Institute of Letters, probably. Or, or they, they, they wanted something like a, like a, what do you call it? Um, they needed to put an image out for um, for, for galleys. Yeah, there you go, yeah. You know, that was a question I actually had for you as well. When, when I was looking through the book and knowing about the other illustrations you've created for other authors, I was like, all those mock-ups or, you know, sample designs, I was wondering, like, what do you do with those kinds of things? They end up being other authors' book covers? Yeah, well, I mean, um, you know, like, typically when an art director or someone who's working on a cover, can you hear me over the helicopter? Um, <laughs> So typically, like when an art director um, contacts you about something, they'll they'll already reference some of your images. So they'll reference like, you know, hey, we saw this on your website, or we saw this on another cover. Um, do you think you could do something similar to it? Do you think that you could do something like this, but with you know these different narratives? And that's basically what happened with Cinco Puntos. Was they said we like this? Can you do something similar? Right, and um, and that's when Zeke and I actually began talking. <laughs> Because <laughs> they're so they went back and forth and they were like, oh, oh, maybe we should have the author and illustrator talk to each other. So, like, how how could like how could we take this image and make it like fit the book a little bit better? And and that's when we started talking about the mask. Um, so because Wero is a light skinned kid with like copper colored hair, um, I was really drawn to Huehue um, Coyote or the feathered coyote, um, a you know, an, an ancient Aztec god. Um, Zeke was really already familiar with the masks that are made in Mexico of, of this god, and he, would, he immediately caught what I was trying to do. And um, because I didn't want it to be specific to the to the Rio Grande Valley, but I wanted it to be like any border place, I was like, can we go with something that's just kind of nondescript, deserty, not, not too specific to place, not too many mountains, so that it looks more like El Paso, but also not flat, so it looks like the valley, but something like in between that could be any place, which is like, like the way the image came out, right? But that's what I like about it, because all the young people that stop by the library, they see themselves in this book, yeah. and that's what makes it so approachable. Yeah, so it, I, like I think it needs to be, that. and so he, um, you, you basically, you had like a killer deadline, right? It was like insane. I, again, there's I don't know if you want to talk about that. Deadline. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, never it's always, not, yeah. It's always, there's always like a really tight, you know, deadline, but... Um, for this one and we should mention so like one of the reasons we wanted to get together and talk about this and you know we're grateful for the opportunity is to talk about how how unique it is in publishing for an author and a cover illustrator to even have contact with yeah, each other yeah. right it is um, uh, typically an art director or a designer with a publishing company will contact the artist or the illustrator independently of working with the um, with the author, right? And the author is talking with the editor and probably won't even talk with the art director, right? So there's like many levels of separation in that process typically. Um, but I think, uh, 
you know, working with a smaller publisher, you have a great opportunity. And with Cinco Puntos Press, they always really help facilitate that conversation with the author and the, and the illustrator, the cover illustrator. And I think it makes for stronger work. It makes for stronger covers, right? Because who, who knows that story more than the, one, the person who wrote it? Yeah. Right? And it, it, it is really, really unusual. So um, you'll see it with smaller presses. You don't see it very often with bigger presses. Unless, of course, it's like a graphic novel like what you and Isabel Quintero did together with Photographic, where, I mean, clearly you're, like, working together. So Which, by the way, I heard that you're very easy to work with. Yeah. So that was a nice thing. Yeah. <laughs> you are listening to author David Bowles and illustrator Zeke Pena with moderator Mel Melo Dominguez in a session entitled What Do You Mean? It's My Book from the 2019 Festival of Books curated by Pima County Public Library's Nuestras Raices program on 30 Minutes from 91.3 KXCI Tucson. So with with this cover and, and then I, I really want to like to dig deeper into what you were just talking about, see, with this cover, um, you know, we were able to turn it on very, very quickly. Um, Zeke immediately got what what we were going for and, and understood Wero. And I mean, the the, the image. To, so, so the book has won like a bunch of awards. It, it's a, a, a Purabel Prey um, Author Honor. It got the Tomas Rivera uh, Mexican American Children's Book Award, the Claudia Lewis Award for uh, Best Ch- Children's Literature, um, the uh, Walter Dean Myers um, like Diverse Children's Literature uh, Author Honor. It's getting a lot of awards, and there are a couple more that I know about that I can't mention until they're announced. Um, it's been really well received. It was on School Library Journal's Best Books of the Year. NCT chose it as one of the best poetry books of the year. And what's more important than all of that is that kids are really responding to it. I've been in this, a bunch of schools and, and with kids who've already read it or kids that I'm reading to and they get really excited about like seeing their lives and their culture and and themselves, you know, reflected in the book. So, David, I, I, I don't mean to interrupt no, like no, that, but you know what? It, could you share a little bit? Like, I wrote down some of it, but if you could share one of the poems, because the way that it's it's structured, it gives you this vision. You know, like like you're included. You feel yourself inside that. Yeah, sure. So you could relate to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I'm trying to think of a poem well, that would be like really... I like the first one, like how you said, because... Okay, yeah, the first one. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. That's a good place to start. So the first... I'll read it really quick, and so then we can like jump into other things. The first one is called Border Kid. It's fun to be a border kid, to wake up early Saturdays and cross the bridge to Mexico with my dad. The town's like a mirror twin of our own, with Spanish spoken everywhere just the same, but English mostly missing, till it pops up like grains of sugar on a chili pepper. We have breakfast in our favorite restaurant, dad sips cafe de olla while I drink chocolate, then we walk down uneven sidewalks, chatting with strangers and friends in both languages. Later, we load our car with Mexican Cokes and Joya, avocados and cheese, tasty reminders of our roots. Waiting in line at the bridge, though, my smile fades. The border fence stands tall and ugly, invading the Carrizo at the river's edge. Dad sees me staring, puts his hand on my shoulder. Don't worry, mijo. You're a border kid, a foot on either bank. Your ancestors crossed this river a thousand times. No wall no matter how tall, can stop your heritage from flowing forever like the Rio Grande itself. Um, and that's the kind of thank stuff, like the kind of stuff that I wanted to do with this book was, thank you, yeah. was to 
get kids to to see that their lives are worthy of being written about, that they're that they are worthy of being celebrated, that they matter, that just because people elsewhere with other perspectives see you know the border as some kind of like post-apocalyptic you know landscape when um, where like evil I don't know warlords rule or something out of Mad Max or whatever but that the young people here in Tucson can actually they can relate yes, because they, they pass by the border patrol all the time yeah. and you heard the helicopters and things so yeah yeah exactly and there's a there's a, a poem about the, going through the checkpoint and like having to show your papers and feeling like you know why I mean I'm an American citizen why because wait they check your the, papers my, well they don't check my papers I was say, <laughs> because they because I'm a widow right but if I'm with my wife and my kids they'll check everybody's papers yeah. and they'll ask my kids or you know you know were you born in the United States and my kids are like yes <laughs> They're all like adults now, but when we were, if my wife goes by herself through the checkpoint, though, they stop her because she's she's not way that she's dark skin. They will they stop and they, they get her out of the car and they like look through the seats and it's just really. Get, so a lot of a lot of what's in the book is reflective of what you both face. Like what's going on in El Paso? Uh, I, mean, I call it Hell Paso. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I can't. Well, we can't. We need another panel for that. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's deep, but that's but what yeah. I like about it because you both yeah. know what it feels like. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, this story is definitely. I mean, it's it's from you, right? So for me, as an illustrator, I'm following his lead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm not gonna put. I'm gonna reference like my personal experience, but I'm only gonna reference it in so far as you know, like it the, aligns with the story. It aligns yeah. with the story. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it, you think about it for a second. Like what what we need from a cover is for it to somehow encapsulate the themes of the story. So you have a light-skinned kid wearing an Aztec mask with the dog by his side running through the desert. I mean, like it draws you in and it says so much immediately about the variety of experience and, and the fact that being Mexican-American is not a one-size-fits-all kind of thing and that, you know, there's, you know, it's... Mexican, being Chicano, being Mexican-American, being Latinx is ethnic as well as racial and it's it's complex and, and not something that you could easily paint with one broad stroke um, well it's rough to be labeled again like there's just another yeah, label yeah, 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 yeah. and so it's yeah. rough but you know what I wanted to ask you and can I, can oh, I yeah, jump in ahead. one yes, thing yes. well and I think that, that that's what's great about the book is that it, it's like it complicates that idea right of like simplifying the notion of what a Mexican-American looks like, right? Like, or simplifying what Mexican is or what American is, right? Mm -hmm. It's com complicating that because it is a complicated thing, right? Like, people have different... Sometimes um, you're not enough and right. sometimes you're too much. Yeah. Sometimes you're not enough, yeah. sometimes you're not too much, sometimes you're not this, that, whatever. And so I think that that's what's great about having um, that uh, more complex understanding and more complex presentation of, you know, race, ethnicity, and nationality and all these things. Right? And one of the things that, like, Widow has to go through is is like coming to grips with his privilege like he does not want to be light-skinned a lot of the poems are about his like pushing back like why why did I have to have light skin I hate this not only because it's physically uncomfortable to be want to be out in the sun with all of my family but having to go inside because like, I'm burning up turning red but also because I'm treated differently and his family works with him in a, in a in this loving kind of way to make him understand look privilege is not something you can control it's something that is that it, it's it's built into society, and so the world bends around you and doors open for you, and the way you react to that is instead of 
Like you can't, you can't renounce your privilege. It's impossible because you don't have control over it. What you do is you use your privilege. Like his, his father tells him, doors open for you that don't, that don't open for me. And now it's your responsibility to hold them open for us all. And, and that's that. the kind of message I want to get across. So can, let's, let's talk about like other experiences we've had with, um, with book covers. Talk, oh, yes. maybe, maybe Zeke <laughs> can, can talk about... Um, some other book covers he's done. Well, he's worked with Isabel Quintero. Yeah, and like what, what those processes were like, um, and like what's it like to work with an art director and things like that. So I don't know, you can pick any book that you want to. Well, the, like I the like the photographic because people are attracted to that, that right. cover, you know? Right. Yeah, and so the, the, the process with Isabel has also been very similar to the process for this book in terms of working with the author because it was published by, or the first project that we worked on was through Cinco Puntos Press. Yeah, Gabby. So um, we had the ability to contact each other, to have conversation, to collaborate with each other, and for me to really understand what that, who that character is and uh, what, the, what the cover needs to look like. Um, in terms of other experiences with different you know, um, art directors and different publishers, uh, it's usually... Go ahead. No, 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 but Zeke's not... He's, if you see, he actually got to that experience. You actually were out in, uh, in Mexico, right? And you were at the same locations. Oh, when no. you did photographic. For, for photographic. Oh, no, 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 no. That was a previous, that was like uh, way before I started working on the it was book. 12 years from when prior. I was, yeah, from when I was younger, right? Yeah, it was just on a, on a trip that I went through. Can you tell the audience uh, a little bit about that? I mean, it, I guess as it... That's cover, right? That's it kind of informed the cover. I, I can't, I don't know, that, I can't say that it did exactly, but um, um, yeah, I basically just went on a trip and made a, a bunch of stops uh, through northern Mexico. And um, at, but at the time, the connection that it was was that I had a book of Graciela's photographs. Graciela Iturbide is a photo, uh, Mexican photographer, um, and um, the the little book that I had with me had her photographs. And then years later, I had the opportunity to work on a graphic novel with Isabel Quintero um, that tells the story of that photographer's life. So that experience kind of, you know, in, in a way, kind of just came full circle and was able to work on that other if project. You, if you haven't seen the book or read the book, you can stop by the local library. They have it, and it's super cool because it... And they have it for sale here, and we'll be signing yes. it right here next door, so buy it. It's right across the way, as a matter of Buy it even if you just give it to somebody else. Come on, yeah. right? The title is Photographic. Um, and Isabel the Quintero. And what's oh, the that's what it looks like. Oh, what, but I, but, I, oh, but I, I just I, I'm, I'm just still curious. To, so we've talked a lot about Cinco Puntos. I want to hear him talk about working with an art director. Oh yeah. So with, with uh, usually with bigger publishers, um, you're only working with an art director, and you have really contact with nobody else. So you'll send sketches and stuff, and then those sketches get sent up the chain of command. <laughs> um, and so uh, you know you'll get feedback from those conversations, and then that's how you make edits. Um, it can be like a, it can be very disconnected, you know, like, um, so I usually right off the bat re ask if it's okay for me to have contact with the author, or at least if they can uh, relay questions. So I'll write questions out and say, what is, you know, what does this character look like? What is this story about? What's important? Uh, can you can you make selections for me in the book that I can read that will give me an idea of a good scene or a good you know idea of who the character is, um, and that, and so I try to I try it's funny because I in working with other art directors I try to 
make it work like the process that we have, yeah, which yeah. is where we're just able to have a conversation with, you know, he knows what the character looks like and what the story is, and I'm the one that can draw it and make it look like that, you know? So How many times did it go back and forth between? But by the time you got to the... Yeah, once or twice. Hey, he nailed it right away. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we, saw, we saw his image and we were like, holy, yes, that's, yes, don't do anything else. You've been listening to a discussion entitled, What Do You Mean? It's My Book with author David Bowles and illustrator Zeke Pena and moderator Mel Melo Dominguez from the 2019 Festival of Books, curated by Pima County Public Library's Nuestras Raices program. Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes from 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. You can find this and all recent episodes on the 30 Minutes program page at kxci.org.